Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Life Coach Cindy Chavez. Today is Wednesday, September the 2nd, 2020. It is 4 p.m. New York time, and wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And for those who were trying to watch us on the live stream, for some reason, YouTube wouldn't accept the connection today. So I'll be up to uploading the video for this after the fact. It won't be part of our live stream today, but at least you'll be able to see it. And, you know, that's an improvement compared to where you were at a week ago, Cindy. You were dealing with Hurricane Laura and you right. came through without a scratch, which was wonderful. I passed your message along to our listeners. We actually had people ready in. How did she do? How did she come through? Right. I was going to say, I got the uh, I got the message from the app and thought that was so cool that people yep. had, you know, not only that they had used the app to send a message, but it was so kind that people were checking on me. So I, I right. was replying and um, letting people know that, yes, we, we came through without a scratch. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. That was great stuff. So, And we've got more great stuff because on Monday, doing the show with Louis D'Souza, we got a chance to meet his 12-year-old daughter, Isabel. And Louis had an interesting idea after the podcast. He suggested it'd be interesting if I indirect, if I directly interviewed Isabel myself without him being involved. And I kind of added to it saying, well, wouldn't it be great if it was Cindy who was doing it with me? So we've got Isabel joining us today here on the podcast. Hi, Isabel. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. We're doing fine, thank you. And we love the fact that you got the Golden Gate Bridge behind you. So we're Americanizing you, even though we may not like that too much. That's okay. <laughs> yes, well, welcome. I was so excited when Walt emailed me and asked me how I, uh, what I thought about interviewing you today and, and would that be okay? And I was like, absolutely. Let's do it. That sounds like a really fun conversation to have because I raised my kids you know, with all these kind of um, thought processes in place. And so we have that connection. And, and I think it's wonderful to talk to someone young that is already learning this stuff. And just to uh, kind of flashback with your own boys, when your, your young men when they were boys, yeah. uh, were, were there anything, was there anything that really stood out for you regarding what their experience was growing up? Um. You know, I don't really know how to answer that question because I think I see it more now. Oh, okay. I see it more now when they look back and talk about things or, you know, just the, the conversations that we have that these ideas that we have a hand in creating our own experience are such a natural part of our conversation that it's just always, it just seems like it's always been there. Of course, it hasn't always been there, but since they were fairly young. So um, I think I notice it now more just that it's kind of like a thing that's always been there. And then having to like look back and remember how it came about or what, that's more difficult. <laughs> it just seems okay. like it's a natural part of the conversation, you know. Well, I mean, that to me is cool just because I did not grow up with this kind of thing. I, I have not had children of my own to, to uh, do this kind of thing with. So it's one of those things that has come up in the conversation here on the podcast numerous times. What happens when we have a society when more and more kids are being taught the basic concepts of the law of attraction as they're growing up? I think the thing that I taught my kids more than, I don't know that they would even know the, the term. They know it now, of course, but the, you know, a term like law of attraction, um, but what I taught them was radical responsibility. And that is that they are responsible for their own experience of life. Um, it doesn't mean that outside influences don't throw a monkey wrench in things sometimes or, you know, or, or that bad things, you know, bad, uncomfortable things never happen to us. It just means that it's our responsibility to decide how we want to respond. And the, the earliest thing I remember teaching them was that, no one could make them feel a certain way. Mm. So instead of saying, you know, that, oh, that teacher makes me mad or some <laughs> student makes me feel a certain way, um, it, it was, no, you get to choose how you feel. No one can make you feel a certain way. You might feel angry, but you get to choose that feeling. You know, it's not on someone else because then you're giving your power away. That was probably the first thing that I remember 
really made an impact on them as, as kids. And I think that affects everything else when you, when you're in the energy where you know that you can, you know, that it's on you. <laughs> you can't point the finger at everybody else and the whole world around you that it's, that it's yours. So, uh, that, you know, in my memory, that's what comes up. But like so, I said, they're in their thirties now, so it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll have conversational fodder out of this because of that. Right. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But Isabel, I mean, what she's saying there, talking about that radical responsibility, as she terms it, does that sound familiar compared to what your father teaches you? Um, <clears throat> well, my dad has talked about um, you decide your own emotions. And I do remember that as probably one of the first things, maybe. Mm-hmm. And... To be honest, I don't think it made that much of an impact on me at the time. But now it sort of makes an impact. But I I more listen to the stuff that, um, hmm, sort of hard to explain. We find the what? same thing doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It, it's definitely, that's true. I'm curious to know what... Uh, what stands out for you in in your you know experience of these these ideas? <laughs> um, one of the things that stands out a lot is when my dad says this happens like lots of the time. When you're saying no, you're saying yes to what you don't want. Mm. <laughs> That's a good one to remember, isn't it? Yeah, it happens a lot, and I'm like, please don't do that, and then just <laughs> do it, like. I know whenever some whenever somebody says that to me, I usually do the thing that they say it's not to do. <laughs> I think we all do at times. <laughs> yeah. There's that idea that there's a, a saying that says what we resist persists. Mm-hmm. Right. So that thing that we are so adamant about pushing away or saying no to is often the thing that just keeps coming at us. <laughs> But I think it's funny, Isabel, that you recognize that when someone tells you no, that you push through too. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's great that you do that, actually. Yeah, it is. That's a recognition level. And that you see it, right? right. Yeah. So um, why don't you tell Cindy the story about the bike? Because that's that's the cool story that you told on Monday. Oh, yeah. That went well. Um. It was around when I was seven. I was asking my dad quite a lot, or my mum, if I could get a bike. And in that week, my dad, no, before that, my dad told me something like, um, focus on what you want and just keep focusing and imagine you riding it and playing with it. So then in that week, my neighbour got a new bike, so I got her old bike um, which fit me perfectly at the time. And then later in that month, one of my dad's friends was moving to America and his daughter's bike didn't fit her anymore, so I got another bike, which was a bit bigger. <laughs> Love it. So I ended up with two bikes in one month, which wow. I felt, yeah. Yeah, this sounds like a pretty powerful uh, manifestation there. Uh, that's not fair. The, the idea was we were supposed to interview oh. you without your father being involved. We'll let you repeat what he said. He just meant he wasn't going to be on the camera. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um. He was trying to remind me, but now I was also into bikes again. So I was asking them, could they get me a bike? But then my neighbor, me and my neighbor started riding a bike and her older sister had one that she didn't use. And so I asked if I could borrow it every time we went on a bike ride. Then I asked if I could keep it in my, um, keep it in my dad's garage. Um, so we didn't have to keep getting it out. So it's sort of mine. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> you know, I have a friend that is also uh, a teacher of these kind of ideas. And one of the things that she reminded me of one time, I'm trying to remember her exact words, but the idea that you don't have to own something 
to have the experience. So especially with people that are wanting to uh, manifest something really big that might seem hard to obtain. Um, like, for instance, uh, I, I would love to have an apartment downtown from where I live, but still have the house that I have. <laughs> it's also downtown. But, like, it would be great to have a place to stay that was right in the heart of the city. And my friend said, but, you know, you don't have to own it. You just have to have access, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, that's true. There's a saying that people say that you don't really want a boat. You just want a close friend that has a boat. Why do they say that? Because boats are expensive and they cost a lot of money to maintain. And the gasoline right. for the boat is hugely expensive. And so it's like, oh, you don't want to have to deal with all that responsibility of caring <clears throat> for the boat. Just get a friend that has a boat, right? Yeah. So kind of for you, right? It's like you have a friend that's lending you the bike. So you still get to ride a bike and you still get the experience of it. But, <laughs> right? I think that's important to remember sometimes. It's not my about ownership. One of my dad's friends is quite rich, and he was getting a boat, so that just reminded me of that. <laughs> I have a friend that went on a boat one time, and when they stopped to get the gasoline, my friend said, oh, no, let me get it. I'll get it. <laughs> and the, and the uh, owner of the boat said, no, I mean, I it's it's okay. I can pay for the, the gas for the boat. And my friend just pushed and pushed and said, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'll pay for it. I'll, I, you know, let us contribute. We'll get the gas. And he said he put the gas pump in and he was watching it and watching it and it was $50 and then it was a hundred dollars and it was $150 and he said he started sweating and he was like, Oh, what have I done? <laughs> it just kept going up and up. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so yeah. Sometimes we have to be careful what we ask for. And <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I think you got the better end of the deal there. Uh, Isabel, just by having the bike there, you don't have to worry about how I got there or it's carrying. You, you just got the bike. That's all you needed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great story. <laughs> and now I'm thinking every time you ask your dad for something, he says, well, get it, get it for yourself the same way you got the bike, right? <laughs> you know how to do something this. similar to that. <laughs> it reminds me of that story of uh, Joe Dispenza's daughter who wanted a shopping spree. Oh, yes. And he had taught her how to meditate and visualize. And he, and he, but he said this to her. It always stuck with me. He said, um, he, he, he told her every morning to imagine that she had had the shopping spree. It's kind of like your dad told you, like, imagine yourself riding it, you know, really get into that, mm -hmm. what it would feel like to be on the bike. And he asked her, did you do your work this morning? You know, did you? And she said, yeah. I did. I, I imagined a shop, you know, that I had a shopping spree and, and he said, here's the thing though. When you get up from that meditation, you have to be that girl that's had that shopping spree. You can't be the girl that wants the shopping spree. It's kind of like, you can't be the girl that wants a bike. You have to be the girl that has the bike. It's different, right? In your body, it feels different. And so she did that. And then one day she called him up. She had been out with her friend and, they were in a little shop, and the owner of the shop said to the friend, oh, are you so-and-so's daughter? And she said, yeah. And she said, oh, she said, well, you know, your, your parents have always been good to me. I want to do something nice for you. And she said, just pick out anything you want. And the, the, her dad said, how much? <laughs> <laughs> how much did you spend? And it was in the thousands. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so I always remembered that about you know, when you're going into that process where you're trying to create something, you want to be the person that has it. When you get up from that, you know, you get up from your time meditating, you want to be the person that has it, not the person that's still longing for it. I think that's a good point, too. Do, do you feel like that you've gotten that message built into your belief system enough visibility? You really do believe, yes, all I have to do is believe that I have it and it will happen. Most of the time, but there are some things that I think are just, actually, I don't really know. Most of the time I believe yes, but then there are some doubts, like maybe one or two sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're an earthling. <laughs> That's right. 
So, Isabel, are you, um, what's the situation where you live with your school right now with this pandemic going on? I don't have school at the moment, but when I do go back to school, I go on a Thursday only for the first three weeks. Okay. So, so it's just one day a week for the first three weeks. Okay. So you, you have been familiar. You said that you, uh, you created yourself two bikes in one month when you were seven. So you think it was around seven. And you're 12 now or 11? Yes. So you've, been, so you've been doing this for a while, almost half your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how how does this play out for you um, with school? You know, what, like if you could rewind to last year when things were more normal in the world and you actually went to school on a normal schedule, how how did that? How does this kind of thought process and and these tools that you have how do, how do they how are they useful for you in school? Um, to be honest, I haven't really thought about that. Can I quickly tell a story whilst I think about it? Of course. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, basically, this is quite recent that's going to happen, sort of. I know it's going to happen. But uh-huh. anyway, um, ever since Eloise was born, I've been saying to myself, to myself I want to bring her to her first day of school. So, who is Eloise? I'm interrupting to find out. Oh, sorry. Eloise is my little sister. She's four, um, and she's going into reception in a bit more than a week. Okay. Oh, beautiful. So, ever since she's been born, I've been saying, I want to bring her to her first day of school. And then... I only go to school on the Thursday. She goes to school on the Monday. So my mom's given me permission to walk Eloise. And I have a feeling maybe sort of this is some of my fault. Ah. <laughs> That's true. We, it's very easy for us as human beings to overlook <clears throat> what we would think of as the everyday manifestations. The ones that, oh, well, you know, I, that was like reaching up on the counter for the thing that I wanted. But the fact is, everything's a manifestation. Right, right. This is like the story that I told a, week, uh, a couple of weeks ago um, about my friend that was m- wanted to manifest the easy time getting her baggage through the airport. Oh, right, yeah. And she wanted to meet, you know, like when you're on, a, when you're going to be on an airplane for hours, it really is nice to sit next to someone that you kind of click with and have mm-hmm. a good conversation with. So she asked for that, and then she asked. She threw a third intention in that she would see someone from a popular television show here, <laughs> which I thought, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite an ask. <laughs> but she got her baggage through the airline perfectly, and then she met a wonderful new friend on the flight. And they just really had a great time. And then afterwards, they were waiting for their rides to pick them up, and they saw a person from the television show that she wanted to see. And they weren't even in a place that you would think that would happen. And they were not. And so that really hit me because what she said was she wondered to herself, would I even have paid attention that I manifested the easy time through the security with my luggage and that I manifested a, a new best friend, you know, on the flight, if that weird thing wouldn't have come to pass. So after I heard that, I was making an intention for a couple things that were kind of like the normal everyday things that we're talking about here. And then I threw in a third intention. I used to find playing cards all over the place. And then once I playing started cards. playing cards, like poker cards, oh, I used to okay. find them in the street and just everywhere. But I haven't found one in a long time, so I said, and I, I, my third part of the intention, I said, and I'd like to find a playing card in a random place because that's just fun. And the next day, my husband and I went left the house to take a walk. And as we were walking across the street, I looked down and there was a four of clubs right in the middle of the street. Really? <laughs> it was in terrible shape. It had been run over by many cars. <laughs> um, but what, what was funny is that I screamed to my husband, oh, my gosh, like I asked for this card. Like I made this happen. And so then I started telling him about the story. And when I went to tell him the two things that I intended before I chose the kind of wacky thing of the playing card, I couldn't remember what they were. 
<laughs> I racked my brain to remember what they were and I could not remember. And so, but I do remember that when I made the intention, they seemed sort of, they were important, but they weren't unusual, right? Kind of like your, your ask that you've had forever since Eloise was born. You've said, I want, I, I want to walk her to her first day of school. But, you know, that's not a weird, unusual thing, right? It's a thing that happens all over the world every day, or at least it did. Um, and so sometimes when we ask for things that are unusual, they, I mean, you know, not unusual, they do come to pass and we just don't even think about it. Yeah. And so this new thing of asking for some weird thing along with it, when it comes to pass, it's like, oh, no, yeah, <laughs> this is my new trick. <laughs> I'm doing it all the time. I'm, I'm going to try that one. That's an interesting one. But that's the, that story illustrates beautifully just what you said, how easy it is to overlook stuff. I mean, because we ask all the time. We're putting out asks right. unconsciously. You know, we're not aware of all the asks we're putting out, but we're doing it continuously. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes we don't even form it into words. Yep. It's just a desire we have, something mm-hmm. we want to happen. Yeah. That's yeah. that five-step process Louise always talks about on Mondays. So I have to ask you then to kind of tie it, kind of tie it into what we're talking about, Isabel. What can you think of that has been a more steady, everyday kind of ask lately that's happened that you might have not noticed when it happened, but you're thinking like, oh, yeah, that was something I had thought about. Hmm. I'm not entirely sure, but last year, whenever I went to, I went on holiday to Austria, and on the way in security, I got beat. Uh Uh-huh. And when I was coming back, I was like, Please, can I just not beep? And then, because I said that, I got beeped. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Come on. Yeah, we've all done that kind of thing. <laughs> right? Sometimes, though, you know, I think it's interesting to pay attention to things like that that happen because – Sometimes moving forward after that, some really cool thing happens that wouldn't have happened if that other thing wouldn't have happened that we were resistant to. Mm, Yeah, good point. Right? Like the whole good luck, bad luck thing. It's like sometimes we resist something and then in the end we say, well, actually, I, 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 I did not want this to happen and it happened but in the end, I was so glad that it happened because mm. this other thing happened because of it that would never have happened, right? So, you know, it's kind of like it's it's life is a process that unfolds and keeps going, and it's all connected somehow. So that's another thing that my kids – Isabel, do you know the story um, that, that I'm referring to when I say good luck, bad luck? Um. I'm not sure, but there is something that keeps happening with me and my neighbour, and it's probably because of LOA. But we play Mario on her Wii. It's quite old, but it's still fun for us to hang out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And whenever one of us dies, we say to the other one, do not die. And like a second after, we always die. And now I try to <laughs> say to her, don't say that. And then she says it. And then that just keeps on happening. (laughs) Well, may I tell you this little story? Yeah, sure. Okay. So it's a, it's like a parable of an old Chinese farmer that's very poor and he only has one horse and that only one horse to help him do his work. And one day the horse runs away and all the neighbors say, Oh, what bad luck his only horse and now it ran away what bad luck and the man says good luck bad luck who knows and about a week later the horse comes back and it brings 12 beautiful wild stallions with it and all the neighbors say oh oh my goodness what good luck and the man says good luck bad luck who knows so the man's son is out trying to tame one of the horses 
one of the wild horses, and the wild horse throws the son off, and he ends up breaking his leg. And, of course, the neighbors say, oh, what bad luck. And the man says, good luck, bad luck, who knows. And a month after that, all the young men are conscripted because the province is going to war, but his son doesn't have to go because he has a broken leg. And all the neighbors say, oh, your son doesn't have to go to war. What good luck. And the man says, good luck, bad luck, who knows. So I taught this story to my children when they were younger. And just last night, my oldest son sent me a text message about something that was going on. And I said, oh, no, are you okay? And he said, he actually put in all caps, (laughs) G-L-B-L-W-K. And I looked at it and I said, oh, good luck, bad luck, who knows? And we have watched that unfold in our family, right? We've watched it that when something happens that seems like, oh, this is terrible, we've said, good luck, bad luck, who knows? Kind of takes the sting out of it. And then sure enough, something has followed that has been better, right? (laughs) That's how life works, I think. We were actually, oh, go ahead. I have two things to say. One, I think I've heard that story from my dad before or someone. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> second thing is um, we were at the beach the other day. I went in the car with my friends, but my dad told me this story once we got in the tent. and yeah. Um, but Eloise was wanting a pair of unicorn glasses. And so there's like this huge field that you can park on at the beach and then she opens the door and there's these um glittery sunglasses unicorn sunglasses on the floor with two little unicorns either side and glitter all around it and she was so happy and i'm just like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so you've been doing this since you were seven but eloise has been doing this her whole life right (laughs) That's an interesting thing, too, is that I had this discussion with somebody this week. As we grow up, sometimes we're taught certain things. Maybe not you, but I know me and some people my age that I know um, were taught certain things like it's better to give than to receive. Oh, sure. Things like that, right? I was taught that. And, but we, when we think about a baby, a baby comes into this world knowing how to receive. Mm. It asks for what it wants, and it has no problem. It doesn't say, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't have that. <laughs> right? It just asks for what it wants and gets what it wants and receives, receives, receives. has no problem receiving, but sometimes we get that trained out of us. We get taught, you know, that it's, it's not always good to receive. And I think being a good receiver sometimes we have to unlearn some things <laughs> and we have to learn how to be a good receiver. It sounds like Eloise has got it down. <laughs> I want some glittery unicorn glasses. <laughs> <laughs> she Absolutely. <got> some. <laughs> when That's you, really when you, wonderful. When you were telling that story and then uh, describing afterward, it reminded me of a conversation that I had yesterday. Yesterday was the stream of David and David Strickle, um, channels uh, a a, um, a source energy group similar to Esther Hicks channeling Abraham, although she doesn't call it channeling, but that's okay. Uh, and one of the comments that the stream made to us yesterday during that podcast was uh, on the topic of trust. The whole thing was about trust because the first question we got was about what does it take to trust more? And we got this really long, very good description about why it's so important to trust. And one of the key elements, one of the key points that the stream made was that when we can learn to not only trust, but also to appreciate when things go wrong, things go in a way that we don't like, so that we don't dip down deep into that low vibration place, we are no longer blocking because that's where the blocks get created. They get created every time that we dip down into that low place and say, oh, I don't like that thing. Oh, I don't like what happened. That was such bad luck. That was such a bad thing that happened. That's creating a block. Yeah. So learning this, that little poem, that little um, story, the parable, 
And understanding how to apply that is a way of learning from a very young age how to stop blocking yourself. Yeah, it does seem that way because, you know, that's what happens when we, well, we've talked about this before. There are a bunch of different levels of energy, but if we just talk about the lowest one and the highest one, the lowest one is always that place where we think everything is going wrong, nothing's ever going to be right. You know, we can call it whatever we want. We can call it being down in the dumps. We've all experienced it. It's part of being human. And then the the highest level of energy is that energy that, that uh, Eloise uh, had going on there, which is like, I want some unicorn glasses. <laughs> it opens the door. And, hey, look at that. They're, they're, they're just, you know, whipping, you know, rubies and keys to Rolls Royces out of the air like that. Just, just grabbing it. That's what I want. And it just happens. That's a really high level of energy. And so in those energy levels, when – the thing that brings our energy level down fastest is judgment. And I mean judgment in the way we should all use our best judgment, but I mean judgment like we label things good or bad. And we say, oh, this is bad. And like you said, well, then, then we're kind of locked in to this preposition that this is a bad thing. But when we say, well, good luck, bad luck, who knows? We are entering a different space there because we are giving we are creating a potential for it to not be bad. We're saying we don't really know. Does it feel bad? Yeah. Do we know it's bad? Maybe not. Maybe this is going to actually turn out to be, what do we, we say a blessing in disguise or something like that, right? Maybe it's going to be a good thing. And so, yeah, that's it right there. It is. <laughs> trusting, trusting. That quote from uh, Albert Einstein, I read it yesterday, that says there are two ways to look at things. One is that nothing is a miracle, and the other way is that everything's a miracle. Good luck, bad luck. <laughs> I, I have a random question and a random story. Okay. Um, it was when I was quite young. Uh, me and my dad used to quite love playing playing badminton in like our driveway sort of thing Mm -hmm. and every time I missed I kept on saying sorry but then he told me stop apologizing and focus on what you did good and and well so after that I was focusing and I was like oh I got a bit closer oh I'm getting better and then finally we got a few runs and a random question now what do you think crop how do you think crop circles are made (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that was a random question. I that was is. Like, about badminton and she's going to ask a question and then, hmm. Um, I don't have the best answer for that question. I'm going to let Walt answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can tell you how I know some crop circles are made. Um, they're made by people uh, with you know, ropes and two by fours and, uh, and a plan. But I can't tell you that's how every crop circle is made because I don't know the answer to that. Walt? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's one of the uh, disadvantages of being the host. When nobody else knows the answer, they ask the host. It's, he, it's his right. responsibility at yeah. that point. <laughs> well, I, you know, that's, the thing is, though, is this is a good thing to recognize. It's always okay to say you don't know. That's true, yeah. And that's actually going to be part of my answer because I am not around when most crop circles are either made or discovered. So I've never had the opportunity to investigate firsthand any crop circles. So for me to say that I know the answer would be ridiculous because I was never part of any of it. Correct. You know, what is your idea, Isabel? She's looking at dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said something and I was just trying to hear what he said. What do you think um, about? To be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> um, on the screen behind what I'm watching all the videos on, there was a um, part of it that looked a bit like a crop circle, and that just reminded me of a time that I went up to see my um, auntie and uncle, um, Anthony and Astrid, and we saw we went to this little place, and it had a bit about crop circles, and he was telling me a bit about them. So yeah, it just reminded me of that. And, okay. and yeah, so that's interesting because did did was there an explanation there for you, or was it also um, the idea that no one is sure? Uh, no one is sure. Mm-hmm. 
mysteries abound. Do. And that, that's what I liked about what you said, Cindy. I mean, we can look, it's the Einstein quote, we can look at everything as if it were a miracle, a mystery, mysterious miracle, or we could look at it like it's just mundane every day. Which way do we want to look at it? Yeah. Yeah. If we, if I, we celebrate everything as, like... as miracles, it makes life, first of all, it makes life much more fun. And second of all, I think this is, this is directly related to what we were talking about a moment ago. When we run into those situations where we don't like what's going on, it's so much easier to just shake it off as, I don't care. Life is such a miracle. I'm not even going to worry about that. Yeah. And the idea that, um, that we are supported, you know, we, we are going to go through things that don't feel great because that's life on earth. Mm -hmm. Right. Walt's heard me say a million times, oh, welcome to earth. (laughs) Um, and it doesn't mean, anything it doesn't it's like things it's the allocation of meaning things mean things to us because we assign meaning to them but it doesn't have to mean anything bad when we go through something uncomfortable it doesn't have to mean that at all as a matter of fact i kind of ascribe to the notion that i came here to be an earthling because i wanted to experience everything and, you know, not just only things that feel good. And so we can, you know, we can just assign that meaning to everything if we like, that we're just here to experience. doesn't always mean something bad if we experience something that doesn't feel good. And Would you I mind if, if I ask? Oh, go ahead. No, you first. <laughs> Would you mind if I ask another random question? Go ahead. <laughs> sure. I feel like I'm on a game show. This is. Really <laughs> I, mean, I got my hand ready for the buzzer. That's right. Yes. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> um, I was wondering what when I'm not sure if you would remember it, but do you know what was your dream job when you were younger? Oh yes, I do know what my dream job was when I was younger. Um, when I was really young, like Eloise's age, I wanted to be an artist. Or and or a singer. And I have done both of those things professionally. And so I got to accomplish both of those things. And then, of course, there's come other things that I wanted uh, to have a, a dream profession. So what is your dream job? Um, ever since I can remember, it's been about um, animals, not as a vet, but maybe as a um, animal shelter and looking after them and caring for them, um, but not any of the work that is. So you want to play with animals? Is that it? Um, maybe train them, oh, yeah. nurse them back to health. Or when I was a bit younger, um, I've forgotten the name of it, but I wanted to be a person that digs up fossils. Oh, an archaeologist. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> we have uh, here where I live, there are a lot of places that um, they had this one place where they would have like summer camps there, day camps for kids your age to go to just for the day. Maybe you would go every day for a week or two weeks during the summer and they would have archaeological digs. And they would dig up arrowheads and broken pottery and just all kinds of things they would find. It was really, really cool. So my kids were, like, into that, too. It's like, oh. <laughs> so so is that no longer a desire that you have? You said when you were younger. I mean, I would still like to do it, but I would prefer working with animals. Ah, okay. Or photography. Mm-hmm. I have got a little set at home with lenses that you can attach to your phone. So I've sort of been playing around with that um, a bit. And, yeah, so I might do a photography when I'm older. Or I think you could photograph stuff. animals. Yes, that's what I was really thinking. really cool <laughs> archaeological sites. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a, um, do you know what TikTok is? I do. Okay, um, because on there I've seen this person that's taken pictures whilst traveling around the world of 
uh, dogs in very like amazing places. So that was something that I thought would be really cool to do. See, someone's already doing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things that um is really fun when you're coaching people around their dream uh, job, like you asked, is to find out these random things that to them seem random. You know, I love animals and I love photography and I love traveling. It's like, have you ever thought of combining those in? I especially like the fact that what you're describing, Isabel, with your own desires also includes experimenting and and trying them out. I mean, Cindy was describing how she was able to try them out professionally for her own uh, interests. And and you're doing, at a young age, you're doing very much the same thing. You're playing around with photography. Um, You're already exploring other things that other people have done. And that, to me, is really the best thing you can do. One, One of my favorite things that I have done is to help found a school for kids here um, in my area uh, where the kids basically have total control over what they do throughout the day. And what kids tend to do in that kind of school is to try one thing and then try another and then try another. They're, They're constantly trying things out to see what they love, what do they really enjoy doing. And then when they find one, they stick with it for maybe a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month, maybe a career. I mean, they, they just stick with it for however long, that they're loving it. And to me, that's one of the great things about kids today with the technology. The technology is giving mm-hmm. kids the ability and the opportunity to explore stuff. Regardless of what yeah. their schools are teaching, regardless of what their parents are teaching, regardless of anything else, they can still explore it. And they are exploring um, it, just like you are. Today I went to the park and it was very nice. We, um, I went with my mom, Eloise, and my mum's friend and his, her son. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice. We were feeding the ducks and then we went to the park a bit. And my mum, I was playing hide and seek with um, Eloise and Barrett. So that's the name of my friend's son. Uh, my mum's friend's son. Anyway, so after we were playing, my mum went into the shop to get some peanuts as there were a bunch of squirrels. And they were all so cute. <laughs> and then when I was feeding them, I came across an albino squirrel. Oh. Wow. It was so cute. Wow. That's really cool. I've only seen um, a blonde squirrel twice. This and was white. White, really? Wow. Right. Red eyes. Wow. Oh, wow. This one that I saw was was blonde, just light, very, very light. Um, but not not white. That's really cool. Wow, it with was red eyes. Really cool, yeah. <laughs> so did if you, you search have your camera with you? <laughs> uh, no, my mom had my phone, and my phone was dead, and her phone was nearly dead. But I don't really <laughs> mind if I didn't get a picture of it, as long as I know that I was in it with it. That's super cool for me. Yeah, that is a really cool experience. Yeah. What made you think of that story? That's a great story. And this just happened today. A okay. few hours ago. It was just that it was recent. Okay. Yeah. Fresh in her mind. Yeah. <laughs> Did you associate it with anything? I mean, what, were you focusing on stuff or thinking about stuff that might have been similar to that? Or did it lead you to think about other stuff that you're interested in? Um, well, I was thinking of feeding squirrels and in pigeons, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it just came around, I was like, oh my god, is that a, a bino squirrel? I shouted to my mom, but she didn't li- listen to me. And then when she looked over at me, she saw her and she was like, Isabel, look! And I'd already <laughs> shouted at her, trying to tell her that. But it was there, really cool to see one. So there's an example of what we were talking about before. A very common thing, you, you'd been thinking a little bit about pigeons and feeding pigeons, and all of a sudden squirrels come up. Yeah, I was also thinking of a bino animal. <clears throat> albino animals the other day because I'd seen a picture on YouTube of an albino deer and it mm. looked really cool so maybe that had something to do with it sure yeah and, and I was going to say that that's one of those uh strange intentions see that you can tack on to the normal everyday one right right <laughs> my, my my recent one that I said said a black cat I just said a black cat I don't care how it shows up you know, it might be a picture of a black cat or an actual black cat or, but it's just 
knowing that that's a weird thing to ask for. <laughs> so you can add that to your list of things, an albino squirrel. <laughs> and also, you, know, you know they're out there now. It occurs to me, Cindy, um, Isabel would be a perfect person to tell your owl story to. Oh, my goodness, my owl story. Well, I like owls. I've only ever seen a real one when I had gone to the Renaissance Fair here, but I think they're really cool. And so we were doing, we were reading a book, and in the book it had an, uh, an experiment to ask for something and then see if it, if it comes within 48 hours. So you just wrote down the time of day and the date and what you were asking for, and then you just waited to see if it would come. And so I said, I'll have an owl. And I didn't know how it would show up. In my mind, I thought maybe somebody would send me um, a greeting card with a picture of an owl, or I would see a little child at the park that had an owl, you know, stuffed animal, plushy kind of owl, or maybe I'd see somebody with an owl on their T-shirt or something like that. But about a little less, a little more than 24 hours later, I was in my office in my, my desk. Um, right here is a big window. So I was working on some paperwork and I heard a sound and I looked up and there was an owl with a wingspan of like maybe four or five feet. And the window goes from the floor to the ceiling. Um, and the owl was flying up the window, like hitting the window and looking at me, like up, 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 and looking at me. And I screamed, and then I started shaking, and I almost started crying because I was like, oh, my gosh, that's my owl. <laughs> and I live in the city, so there are no – I've never seen an owl here before. So I called my husband, and I'm <laughs> screaming at him, oh, my gosh, you're not going to believe what happened. <laughs> So the thing was is that, and I think this is my, the lesson that I took away from that, is that I knew, I knew that the owl was going to show up, but I didn't know how. And my mind kept giving me ways that could be the how. Oh, you'll see a child with a stuffed animal, or someone will send you a greeting card, or a letter will come and there will be an owl on the stamp. Or, you know, my mind just had all these possible ways. And I kept reminding myself, well, I don't know how it's going to show up. And so when it did show up, it was spectacular. And I think that that's how a lot of our manifestations are. If we can let go of the how, they will show up in such a more spectacular way than we could ever have imagined or, or you know, created. And so, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> a pretty inspiring story, isn't it, Isabel? When you hear yeah, it's a real owl with a four-foot wingspan shows up flapping up her window. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those times, too. I don't know where my phone was, but I, it was gone, and, you know, it only took right. five seconds. There was no way I could have gotten a picture of it, but it was very, very cool. Um, Before the whole corona thing happened, um, on the way to school every day, I'm like, wouldn't it be nice if I could, like, stroke an animal? For example, there are cat, loads of cats in my neighborhood, um, a dog. So sometimes maybe... um every week there would be like a dog on my pathway to school and I'd manage to stroke it. Uh-huh. So it would just be really nice yeah. to stroke an animal before I went to school. I and think that's attention. one of my favorite tools, right? Is wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. It'd be nice. Yeah. Put you in the right kind of framework to be open to receive that experience happening. That, that's an Abraham tool. Wouldn't it be nice if he, he just right. visualized, well, wouldn't it be nice if fill in the blank? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's a very effective one. So now hopefully this gives you some encouragement, Isabel. You can actually take that story as inspiration and you know maybe expand on, on your dream of having uh, an animal show up in the middle of your path going to school, like <laughs> the dog, maybe a cat next time, or maybe who knows what. I mean, Leave the the how and what open, and it could be almost anything. Yeah. So what is the next thing that you're planning on creating, Isabel? I really want a pet. I Ah. don't really mind what it is. I like dogs, cats, snakes, um, geckos, mice. Rats are my favorite. I like gerbils. Gerbils. 
They're cute. My friend, I went to my friend's house during quarantine, and she has two cats, two hamsters, and two gerbils. And the gerbils I just found so adorable. <laughs> they are quite cute. So how do mom and dad feel about this idea? To be honest, I don't see why not. The gerbils aren't going to mess up her garden. Um, dad won't really it. care. Me and Eloise will love it. <laughs> so I'm really hoping we could get some gerbils. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't recommend getting the gerbil and the cat at the same time because we had both of those and one of them disappeared. I'm I'm sorry to say. So. Oh no. <laughs> My um friend is um was telling me that when we had them out, the cat came into the room and the her cat was just eyeing the gerbil. Oh yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. I had a similar situation with a cat and a parakeet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you have to be a little bit selective about what your ask is. Right. Unless you like that contrast. You may like the contrast <laughs> of that. Good luck, bad luck. That's right. Yes. Um, My mom and dad went to a friend's for Jinshin. Do you know this? I don't. Have I told you about Jinshin Jitsu? It's, it's a healing art, uh, holding parts okay. of the body. Louis, Louis okay, and, yes, yes, and, yes. Yeah. Okay. So he goes with a friend in maybe like a five minute drive and um, my mom and dad get come back with this little box and I give it to Eloise and Eloise comes up to my room and it's filled with like a the skull and a little spine and I'm just like where did you get this and before she before she told me I was like where did she get this? Oh my god! In my head, and I was like, "Oh, mummy and daddy gave me gave it to me because um, Khalees found it in her garden, and that's the name of the person that they go to." And I was just like, "Oh, phew!" <laughs> and but then what happened in my mind? I was like, "How did it die?" Hmm. And yeah, I was just then I got a bit sad because it died. Mm-hmm. I think it was little my mouse. A little mouse skeleton. Oh, that was another story. Me and my dad and my best friends, my best friend and her dad, we went um, to this badminton playing area, um, which was indoors. And whilst whilst I was waiting for them, I was watching this black cat um, on like the driveway and it was pouncing into the bush. And I was like, why is it doing that? And then it comes out on its second try with this tiny mouse. And I'm just like, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The circle of life. That's why. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Have you given any thought to the fact that animals are just as capable of attracting as we are? Excuse me for a second. Sure. Okay. Well, then I'll have to ask my question when she gets back. But uh, uh, when she was telling the story about. Um, the cat going in to get the mouse, that to me was a manifestation story. The cat yeah, had an right. intention to get a mouse. And mm-hmm. on the second try, I got a mouse. I mean, it wasn't even, it didn't, it didn't even have to work hard. <laughs> there was no, <laughs> there was no stalking going on. I was like, go in and get the mouse. We're done. <laughs> but Isabel's back. So I wanted to yeah. ask you, did, did it strike you that that's a manifestation story from the cat's perspective? The cat wanted to manifest a mouse and bang, got it instantly. Um, Cindy, have you heard about the story with my mom's purse? I don't believe I have. Okay, um, me, um, my dad, um, my mom and Eloise had just come back from the beach and we had everything inside the door open. My mom was tucking Eloise into bed. I was laying on the sofa or something or getting something. I don't really remember. But my mom comes back, um, to find that she can't find her purse. And she calls the beach saying if they've had any somebody hand it in or anything. And maybe like two days later, I think it was, um, this guy comes to our house with my mum's purse all chewed up. And he was like, is this yours? And my dad says, yeah, this is my wife's. And then we look at it and we think of the foxes because there are a bunch of foxes that have 
um, that are living in our neighborhood. And they've come into our house and peed everywhere before. So then we think of them. All the money was still there, all the cards. Um, But, yeah, the purse was just ripped up. But it was very lucky that we got it back. Very lucky, yes. See, that's that's also could be attributed to just thought processes, right? Sure, could, you could easily have seen that as the other way around. Oh no, the purse all, got all ripped up. You could have gotten all upset about. That. Yeah. But you chose not it to see it. Came back with all its contents intact. That's yeah. It's pretty good. And the guy didn't steal anything. Everything was in there. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and this was another time that I was, me and Eloise were in the study, and so in the room that I'm in now. Um, Dad was upstairs, and I think Mum was asked, "Well, can we've left the." door open at the back and I hear this noise going through the Lego and I was like what's that there's Eloise was with me actually I think they were all out and it was me home alone and they left the door open or something like that and I hear this from Gina like and I was like oh that must be Eloise but then I don't hear any voices because then everyone would be back so I go check on it and I see the fox rummaging in the Lego <laughs> and I'm just like Go, go, go. <laughs> well, it's funny that you bring that up because there are foxes in my neighborhood, but I've never seen one. Really? My husband has seen one and my son has seen one, but I've never seen one. So that's been another thing on my list. <laughs> I want to see one of these little foxes because they live in the neighborhood. So thank you for reminding me. So now they're the loads of them. My Lego. No. We've named the foxes. So um, this is quite a while ago, but it was last Christmas. But it snowed a bit here, and me and my friend went sledging. And we got really hot because we were running up and down the hill for maybe three hours, two hours. And so we leave our stuff on the side, and we see this fog slowly creeping towards our stuff. And then we start running and shouting at it. And this is the... um. This fox we named Red Bandit. Good name. And we think yeah, there's a Miss Red Bandit, and they've had cubs. I mean, I think we've had around three cubs, maybe two cubs. And they're quite big now. They've been alive for maybe a few months. Mm-hmm. And there's one of them that keeps coming into the house that's probably the one that stole our stuff and gone through the Lego and I just don't know what to name him yet because I haven't really seen the others. But there's just this one that keeps visiting us. Just bear in mind, if you name the fox, you're now putting your energy out there that you want more of the fox. You're going to get more foxes coming in the house. <laughs> just, I'm just telling you, this is what you're leading up to. Uh, to be honest, it's quite funny. But they, we left... Um, we were all in the garage, and one of the blankets had fallen down. So we left it, and then we come back to the blanket stinking of Uh-oh. fox wee. So in that, like, five seconds, we were in the garage, a fox comes and wees on the blanket. <laughs> well, Isabel, you've talked about wanting a pet, and you've talked about <laughs> naming the fox, so you're on that little shaky ground area. <laughs> I'm so glad that we got to have you on our show today, though. You have been so much fun to talk to. Absolutely. It was very fun coming on. (laughs) And the thing that I wanted to tell you before we parted company was I I mentioned on Monday that you're a very kind person that came through really, really clearly on Monday. Today, the other thing that's coming through very clearly is that, and this is kind of continuous to uh, Cindy's story about good luck, bad luck, you have a very optimistic way of looking at everything. You always find a way to see the good side. And that's a great trait to have. So keep that one going. You want That one will serve you for a long time. I just wanted to let you know that. I will. Be sure and keep us posted on what you manifest next. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to include a fox or some other animal. <laughs> so we'll be looking for that updated report. But thank you very much for joining us. This has been great. We really enjoyed having you here. And, and it tell was your lovely guys, being here. 
tell your dad it was a great idea to have you come on and let us in. He's been listening to the whole thing. I know. He doesn't go very far. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Lily, for, uh, for suggesting this. It was a great idea. And Cindy, and we're going to pick up on uh, the Neville book that we're doing at your command. We'll pick that up next week. But this has been fun. Yeah, it was. <laughs> been a lot of fun. And the only thing that was missing was our live streamers. But you know what? I think this time it was good to not have the live stream. So this is another case of good luck, bad luck. Who knows? I mean, it's, it's good. So, all right. Thank you very much. Thank you especially to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.